0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Conspire a Theory Podcast. This is me, Chris, and my buddy, Ed. We're back at it again, getting crazy with the Justice League and all things DC this episode. We're going to discuss our personal top three Batman Superman stories and give you a short review of the new Justice League movie that just came out. So allow me to introduce my compadre, Ed.
1: Hi, everybody. I am Eduardo Solis. You may recognize me from my podcast, which Chris has has, has been my hatchet man, you know, the, these past was it four or five years now, I think. It's been a while. We, we've got a few under our belt. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, this, this should be fun because, you know, I was joking to Chris before we started recording that. You know, this is going to be the episode, the DC Comics episode for those three or four people that actually care about DC Comics, you yeah. know, because because Marvel's, you know, let's be honest, Marvel's, you know, the big, kind of the king of the hill right now, especially where the movies are concerned.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'll am i admit, I'm pretty much the Marvel guy of the group.
1: Well, I, honestly, I think in our circle of friends, we're about the only two that even read comics.
0: Well, mainstream
1: comics. No, well, yeah, that too. That or should
0: too. I say the industry standard?
1: Eh, big. Three, big four, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, it's
0: the big two. Whether you like it or not, it's the big two. It's always the see, big I, two. See, I,
1: I can't go with that anymore. I mean, on, honestly. Okay. Who's number three then? Um, I would say image mm. and then dark horse. Mm,
0: okay. I suppose like,
1: I mean, let's be honest. You I mean, think look-
0: of them as two A and B or three, two A and B,
1: but my, my, my point is they're significant. <laughs> you know, we're, we're seeing movies and things, you know, we're, we're, they're at the point now. Where some of their works are enter- entering the public consciousness. All right. You know, you had Spawn. You know, I mean, heck, there was a Wildcats TV show back in an uh, animated cartoon back in the day. Then. Oh God,
0: the nineties! Yes, now that the big comics explosion. Oh God, yep. I loved that. It was a gigantic cluster mess of artistic goodness.
1: Yeah, just throw whatever you know you can at the wall and see if it sticks. And yeah, who some needs stories? And a lot of it didn't. Who
0: needs story when you can draw, right?
1: Yeah, I love how, and I forget which artist does this for Image. I, I couldn't tell you which one. You could probably point it out when I describe it. But they had this weird drawing style where the face was like the center of mass. The nose was like the center of mass of the face. And it was like the face was being like sucked into the nose.
0: Yeah, Rob Layfield.
1: Okay, it sounds about right
0: and I think he pretty much started the trend, and then they all did that,
1: yeah, it just always kind of threw me it was like, like I said it was like this, the no the tip of the nose was like a black hole and whole face was like getting sucked into it. it just I don't know it just looked weird to me.
0: <laughs> okay let's let's get back on topic, yeah as, as well,
1: red, once again d c playing second fiddle,
0: as red one would say, justice League justice League, justice league came out a while ago, I didn't know what to expect. Um, but I loved this movie. I would say it's right up there with Wonder Woman as far as my favorite all time DC theatrical release.
2: Okay.
1: So the, we're talking about the current gen, right? The current, you know, four DC movies, not the, well, we'll get to those in a bit. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: of, I, of this, of this, of this new generation.
1: There you go. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah. I enjoyed it as well. I mean, it was interesting for me because I saw it with a friend who was kind of aware you know, of the DC, you know, not a geek. I'll just say that right at the top. She's not a geek, but she had seen, uh, she had seen Wonder Woman. She had seen the other movies, you know? So she had something going in Okay, and she enjoyed it too. Yeah. You know? And so I don't know. Um, now we need to say this off the bat, you know, spoiler alert, but, uh, to me, and this isn't
0: I mean, we should put the, like the spoiler if you haven't already seen it like two, three times already.
1: Yeah, and, and I need to go for a, you know, a, maybe one or two more viewings myself. My,
0: me as well. I- you
1: know, Maybe just as a matter of principle. Yeah, it's
0: one of those movies that, this is the kind of movie you pay the big bucks to see in the theaters.
1: Right, in a nice theater. Mhm. You know. Exactly. You, you know, you don't go bootlegging it off whatever and watch it in your crappy little computer monitor. It's like, no, this is a, this is, this is an event movie. Exactly. You know, my, my biggest beef isn't necessarily with the movie itself, but it's just the build up. There wasn't enough build up, I don't think. It's, it's like they're doing it backwards. Cause with Marvel, you had all these individual movies, that was kind of the build up, to the Avengers.
0: Yeah, you had like four movies. Yeah, so to, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Thor. Yeah, you um, just entered in your four big ones. Uh, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Captain America. There you the, go. The core four. And with this one, you have a core three.
1: And there was kind of a, Three well, movie well,
0: build-up, but
1: well, they, the movies... they, they didn't get Batman his own movie. You know, he had to share with Superman, and even then, it was you know, I'm I'm mad at you for you know destroying you know all the city, and you know, yeah, I'm but gonna, I'm going to beat you up.
0: To play devil's advocate, do we really need to be introduced to Batman?
1: Yes. Yes, I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, that was one of the big problems, one of the big sources of what I like to call nerd rage beforehand. You know, oh no, Ben Affleck can't be Batman. He look what he did to Daredevil. You know, he he he, does, he doesn't do. He can't he can't be Batman. And I I just had total flashbacks to Michael Keaton when I heard that. Yeah. So Michael Keaton can't be Batman. He's a funny actor. He does funny movies. Um, he's Beetlejuice. You know, he's this and that. Yo, know, he can't be you know dark broody Batman, but. Yeah, and and
0: Ben Affleck at the time he was the dopey sidekick the doo do doo.
1: yeah i'll i'll give you that and you know, once again daredevil certainly didn't help me you know, i've never even seen a silly movie you know but yeah just anyway but it but it, you know ben affleck as, as batman you know was probably one, one was one of the few things that batman superman got right yeah
0: i i have to agree you
1: know cuz afterwards it was like oh my god we need to make you know more batman movies with ben affleck
0: well, in, until recently, until, but that's not what this episode is focusing
1: on. Right, right, right.
0: But, um.
1: But no, I, I love Justice League. Yeah. I, Justice I, League. I, I, you knew they were going to bring back Superman.
0: Yeah. I, I was kind of like, honestly, they could have edited out all of the Superman parts and it still would have been a
1: great movie. Well, you think what? Maybe just keep him out of the whole thing altogether. Yeah, just keep him they
0: could have done that and but I kind of See, feel like See,
1: that would have been pretty ballsy. I
0: yeah, think. and just instead of Superman cuz basically all he did was he walked up to the cyborg and he, he pushed the super the the mother boxes apart. That's hmm. that that's the critical we need Superman and Wonder Woman could have done that. Aquaman could have done that. They're both uh heavies as far as strength goes.
1: Yeah, they're tanks.
0: Yeah, and um they, they could have completely edited it out. And that's, I'll, that's I'll ask a good you point. this. That's a good point. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad that they put him in because Superman was the best part of the movie for me. That's... I finally got the Superman I wanted.
1: He did have some cool moments. Yeah. He was... He wasn't
0: dark and brooding. He wasn't Nolanized. He wasn't <laughs> Snyderized. He was just... It was sort of an ode to the 78 Superman. Mm. He sort of channeled Reeves more so than he did in the previous films. And that's what I liked. It's like, finally, I get the Superman I want. I get my Superman.
1: Right. Classic Superman. Yes.
0: Yes. Classic, friendly, happy, go lucky, brightly colored Superman. Save the day Superman. And that that's something I just got to get off the bat, off my chest here, is I like that I was able to see the colors in this movie. (laughs) They turn up. Uh Jocelyn turned up the saturation <laughs> and
1: uh, you people hear art talk. Yeah. And, big, big art words. And I'll admit, the <laughs>
0: the mustache gate, the CGI, i never really, I never even noticed
1: that. I didn't notice I was, it. Either. I, but but you know what? We weren't looking for it. Yeah. To, to me that's one of those super nerd things. If it bothered my friend that I saw it with, she didn't say anything. Um I don't know anybody that isn't a nerd that's complained about it. You know, so I think yeah. it's, it's, I think it's one of those things, if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. You're going to see it.
0: Yeah, it, it's super nerd. Yeah, exactly. It's the front row nerds. The only people that are going to get bothered by it are, are the, the ultra super hard. Well, the boys. people that
1: were aware of it, cause you'll be looking yeah. for it. I mean, honestly, how many times are you looking at a movie character's mustache? Honestly.
0: Yeah. Or lack thereof.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it like I yeah. said, you're just not really. It's one of those, it's one of those like, now, now that I'm aware yeah. of it, though, and I, you know, and I pick up the Blu-ray, you know, a couple of months from now, yeah, I'll definitely probably be like looking for it at that point. Yeah. But in the theaters, like, you know, no, you know, you you're not aware of it. You don't see it. You don't care.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I just didn't see it as a big deal as everybody, you know. I think everybody's just showboating. Like this bothered me, and they're doing that just to show that you know they're top tier nerds. It's like, okay, I yeah, get
1: it. I, I'm inclined to agree with the cinema. But now that you mentioned Superman, one of my favorite moments in the movie involves Superman. It was, you know, they bring him back from the dead. They're fighting in, in the park, you know, Uh by the memorial. And, um, you know, the the flash goes to do his flash thing and, you know, start running fast. Uh huh. And, you know, you see, you know, the lightning bolts and he goes into flash mode and he starts, you know, running around Superman. He's in the speed force. Yeah. He's in the speed force. There you go. Thank you. You know, everything slows down so we can see what's happening. Uh huh. And you're kind of just, you're just watching. And then you suddenly see Superman's eye move. He's following the Flash. And at yeah, that point, I just like totally like, I, yeah, just, that... I, I just nerded out. I was like, oh, my God, that was awesome.
0: <laughs> that freaked me out. I was like, oh, that was like, if there was a crap your pants moment, that was the crap your pants moment for me.
1: And I think the Flash did because, yeah, the look on his face <laughs> when he realized that this guy can keep up with me, you know, was just, yeah, that was Definitely a, a, oh crap moment, you know, yeah. in, in a, in a good way for the audience and a bad way if you're the Flash.
0: Yeah. And, and this rendition of the Flash, they really didn't have time to build up his character, but every single character kind of had their moment. And I really like what they do with the Flash. They made him a sort of a fun character.
1: Well, he was the kid.
0: Yeah. He was, he was the kid, the young upstart with Barry Allen. I'm kind of, I'm really picky about my Barry Allens. Hmm. I prefer, you know, the, the television, nineties television series. To me, that's my definitive Barry Allen as which I compare all Barry Allen's to. Okay. Cause to me, Fair you segment. know, Barry Allen, he's a, he's a thinker first and an impulsive guy second.
1: He's a scientist. Yeah.
0: And, and with this one, you know, I don't like it when he, when Flash is written as a hothead, as an impulsive hothead, because they're turning him into Johnny Storm. And I don't like that. But when this one, it kind of worked because he wasn't like a hothead. He was just. Inexperienced.
1: Yeah, he was the kid. I mean, it was,
0: yeah, and it, and it worked for the character and, and it's kind of like.
1: Well, it was nice. It was neat to see him bounce off the other characters. Yeah, exactly. And you definitely see the, the inexperience and the, you know, he's constantly talking about things he's afraid of. Yeah. You know, guys, I'm afraid of bugs, you know, spiders, you know, I'm afraid of, you know, whatever heist or whatever else it was, but you know, you can tell that he's new at this. Yeah. You know, that, yeah, he may have been, you know, yeah, he's been fighting, you know, robbers or Captain Cold or whatever in, you know, central city, but this is the big leagues. Yeah. You know, but he's not quite, he's not quite there yet. Yeah. He's, he's the new kid, literally.
0: Batman, Batman, especially, they're all seasoned pros. They're all, they've been there. They've done that. This is all back to them.
2: Except
1: maybe Cyborg. He got to, he got to play the brooding, you know, woe is me kind of character this time around, which made sense.
0: Yeah. I kind of got that, but you know, I, yeah, they could have lightened him up a bit more, but given the situation that they put the character in, okay, I'll I'll let them have that because I kind of prefer my I, I prefer Teen Titans
1: cyborg cyborg, you
0: know, ah. fun, happy, excited. Maybe the next movie they'll do that with him.
1: Well, allegedly he he may or may not get his own movie depending on how things go. I mean, a lot of that stuff is kind of up in the air. I really hope you know
0: I really hope they do give him his own movie and like make it sort of a Teen Titans pocket universe on the side cuz that would oh my god I would so you know burst if mm-hmm. I got to see a live action Starfire or live action Raven
1: Well or or there you go make it its own thing. Yeah. You know have have a you know Teen Titans movie.
0: That would that would rock.
1: Yeah, we'll see.
2: Okay. We'll and, see, but, and, but
1: but yeah, I mean, yeah, Duck the Movie. Yeah. You know, got the um they had the little you know, they, they threw, uh, I was waiting for the hail dark side and I got my, you know, I mean, four dark sides. Sorry, I got my universes mixed up there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you hear it near the beginning when the, uh, even start popping up, you know, four dark side. I'm like, okay, there we go.
0: Yeah. I like, and Stefan Wolf, he was, he was okay. As far as villain go, I didn't like the design of the character. He looked too CGI, mm-hmm. but as far as the character was, I liked that they didn't make him a big dumb monster. Okay. Cause that's one of the things that I'm, I'm very picky about that, you know, cause I, I don't want, I don't want another, um, cave troll doomsday, <laughs> or as I like to call him dubs day.
2: Yeah. Just, no.
0: Cause I, I hate it when they do the whole, you know, it's just his superpower is he can blow up a city block by roaring or some stuff. And, and this one, he was a bit more calculated. That, that's what I was It was like a general.
1: Yeah, he was, you know, he he was the, the lead man for, you know, the force to invade Earth and conquer and, and yada yada yada.
0: Yeah, I I totally dug him. He he, he worked for the story. He he carried, they could have he could have done they could have done better by him, but he was okay. But you're yeah. not really watching the movie for him.
1: Right, you're watching to see superheroes do superhero stuff. And along those lines, uh, another wonderful moment was uh was Wonder Woman deflecting the uh, the bullets. Being shot at the crowd. The guys has a machine gun. He shoot, you know, is F you. I'm going to kill the hostages. Yeah. Shoots towards, you know, tries to spray the crowd and Wonder Woman basically runs and keeps up and deflects, you know, not quite all of those bullets. I think she pushes one guy out of the way. To me, that was cool. That was one of those, you know, why have we never seen this before? Like even in the animation, you know, cause it's, she's always usually just defending herself. Yeah. Or just one person, but this is like a whole group.
0: Yeah, she's sort of, she's tapping into that goddess power that we've seen in the, in the movie. And I kind of like that. She didn't go full Super Saiyan, but you know, <laughs> she, we're getting more superpower. We're getting more, more, you know, she's not just, you know, a, a big strong. Right. She's also, she's kind of quick. She's not Flash or Superman quick, but she's, she's, she's fast, reasonably fast.
1: Well, uh, definitely faster than a speeding bullet. <laughs> ah. uh, but now yeah, like i said I, I dug the movie i'm looking forward you know to more um definitely i'll be interested to see if you know they do the director's cut stuff when it comes out on disc you know probably yeah, give it, probably go or two more watches in the theater
0: they only do that if like a movie fails horribly eh, and this we'll one see. i i people are saying that it fails but i really don't think so i don't know i can't that's that well everybody
1: keeps comparing it to yeah. thor to ragnarok yeah, it's like, oh, it didn't make as much money as Ragnarok. Oh no, it, you know, worst superhero movie well, ever. Well, that, like,
0: that was like out like two weeks prior, and it had a
1: well. It's Marvel. That's all you have to say.
0: Yeah, and, and Marvel kind of they have a more established audience. Than,
1: well, I mean, at, the, at this at point, this point, at, at this point, they can throw pretty much anything at the wall cinematically, and it will stick. Yeah, I mean, come I on, I agree with that. I mean, that you know, that was essentially Guardians of the Galaxy that came out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, Ant Man. You know, if someone had told you twenty years ago that, Mar- hell, ten years ago that Marvel was going to make a Ant Man movie, you know, would you believe them? No. You know,
0: absolutely not. And with with the the Thor one, it's well they're they're going they're going galactic and yeah, they're going yeah, they're, yeah, light they're, and quirky.
1: Yeah, they're bumping up the scope. You know, they they have you know Thor, who's probably the most humorous character in the Avengers.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: the whole fish out of water business. Well, also the you know. Norse God of Thunder, you're know, going to kick your ass business, yada, yada. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, but getting back to, to Justice League, I, I, if they do a extended cut, I don't think they will, but if they did, I would love to see it because I'll be honest, the extended cut of Batman v Superman was a superior film. And that's because there were major plot points that they left out mm-hmm. in that film. But with this one, you pretty much. It was a simple story. I'm not trying to say that to take away from it, but it was just, we need to get from point A to point B.
1: It's exactly what it says on the tin. You know, big evil guy, you know, is going to come do bad things. You know, we need to get all the good guys together, you know, to kick his ass.
0: All right. Yeah. That's pretty much it.
1: Yeah. So once, yeah, yeah very simple. Yeah. It, was, it was good and it worked for me. So,
0: So Justice League, definitely give it high marks. I would recommend it. Think so we're Ed, and let's get back into our uh, the top three personal top three Batman Superman stories, not really doing a top three Wonder Woman because well, she doesn't have a lot out there as far as alternative media, we're talking about stuff other than the comic books mm-hmm. so my top three is
1: okay, so do you want to want to start with Batman or do you want to start with Superman
0: Let's start with Batman
1: okay fair enough
0: with with my top three Batman stories are the animated mask of the phantasm number two is assault on arkham and then number three is the batman begins nolan film i really love that one and of course we have our honorable mentions and my honorable mention is an episode of the uh, batman the animated series almost got him mm. where where they where they're in the 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 bar and they all talk about i almost got batman at this time and it's a huge build-up it's a great episode and
1: uh yeah also one of my favorites
0: yeah and then ed go ahead give your top three.
1: Okay, well, my top three. I went with the uh, the Batman 1989 movie with uh, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson as my number three. Uh, my number two is an episode also of the animated series called POV or Point of View, and it's really neat because essentially you see the you literally see the story from different points of view because apparently you know some bus went bad, and so the internal affair guy internal affairs guy is you know interviewing three officers to figure out what the hell went wrong. You know, it's uh, Detective Bullock, who, you know, if you've seen the anime series, you know and love Detective Bullock. And he loves Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Officer Montoya. And uh, a rookie whose name I don't remember because he was, you know, just there for the one episode. And so you get to see each one of them. You get to see what happened through their eyes. And which, you know, leads up to, you know, the final resolution of the story. And I don't know. I, I just, it's it's one of my favorite episodes. And then my number one would have to be the uh, straight to video movie, the uh, Batman Under the Red Hood.
0: Yeah, I remember that one. I dug that one. That one was, that one was okay.
1: I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I like Assault on Arkham. I just don't see it as a big figure quotes Batman movie. You
0: know, what I liked, I, and I gotta admit, that's kind of why I liked it so much was because, yeah, it wasn't. Batman wasn't the central character. Right. But you got to see him through the eyes of the other character, and he was pretty much a terrifying presence throughout the film.
1: Right. They're constantly looking over their shoulder, you know, or, you know, we we can't do this because then, you know, we don't want to attract we don't want to get the attention of the cops and we sure as hell don't want to get the attention of Batman.
2: Yeah,
0: and, and you get to see why he's why people are afraid of him mm. and that's what i liked about it you got to see
1: you kind know, of the other side
0: yeah you, you don't you're not always looking at the story through the eyes of the cow you're looking at it through the eyes of the bad guys
1: see and you could also say say that about the uh, almost got him episode yeah pretty that, much. That, yes. that has a similar structure because you know you, you don't see batman you know in the main story yeah because they're sitting around they're sitting in some hideouts when we're playing poker and you only see Batman through flashbacks as the villains each, you know, give their little tale of, you know, how they, quote, almost got him. You know, so, okay, I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah,
0: so pretty much from what my my list is, it's either deep Bruce Wayne retrospectives or um, views of Batman, like Batman through the eyes of someone else. External. External.
1: <laughs> Close enough.
0: External external views of the Batman through the eyes of either a villain or some other character, a secondary character. And that's sort of my thing, you know, because that, yeah, those I'll, are I'll like two contrasting type of stories, because one of the things that I like about mask of the phantasm is it really explores, it gives us a big chunk of early Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and the same thing with Batman begins. It gives us like, yeah, literally what led us to what became the Batman. And it, it, it's such, it's a bunch of juicy details. It's more than just my parents are dead. It's <laughs> it's so much more than that. It's, yeah,
1: it fleshes out the origin.
0: Yeah, it gives, it gives him death. It gives Alfred depth and it gives like, it just, it creates a whole world where you kind of see where he needs to become the Batman character in this universe in the goth to Gotham city specifically.
1: It's interesting. Interesting. You mentioned that because my, my honorable mention. Was an episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold called Invasion of the Secret Santas, which is one of their Christmas episodes. And I don't know if you've seen it, but, um.
0: Yeah. No, I, I have not.
1: It kind of, it's pretty brutal. And I, and I say that about Batman the Brave and the Bold more than I probably should because some of those episodes get, get pretty, pretty heavy. They essentially insinuate that Bruce Wayne is the reason his parents got shot. Hmm. Because, you know, Red, you know, he, he, I forget what town Red Tornado is, is in, but you know, bad guys doing bad things in Red Tornado's hometown. Batman's in the neighborhood, you know, helping out. And we occasionally see these flashbacks to Bruce's childhood.
0: Okay. Wait, now I remember. Yes. I've seen that one.
1: Yeah. And, you know, he's, he gets upset because, you know, his parents didn't get him the, the figure that he wanted, you know, so as an apology, you know, as a, you know, try to make it, make it up to him, you know, they take him to see. The Mask of Zorro, which leads, you know, to the, you know, being shot and all that. Yeah. All that stuff. And when, once again, I mean, they don't say it, but the Im- implication is, you know, if he'd been happy with the gift, you know, they don't go to the movies and, you know. Yeah. If, no, if he, no, he had been such a brat. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean. Yeah. It,
0: that's like, that's a really, really heavy thing to say. Well, especially on Saturday Morning Kids <laughs> TV. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and on, on a side note, I got to admit, I... Love Red Tornado and animation. He is just—he is the best.
1: Yeah, he was hilarious in this one because his bit was—he wanted to—he wanted to discover, you know, what 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 the spirit of Christmas feels like.
0: Yeah, and give us a bit of uh, background on Red Tornado.
1: Oh, uh, he's a robot uh, built by Doctor T.O. Morrow, if I remember correctly. Uh huh. Um, he was originally evil. The uh, well, the current incarnation, and uh, you know, I guess they reprogrammed it or whatever, whatever. So he's a good guy now uh in uh Brave and the Bold he moonlights as a college professor apparently yeah the episode as a whole is is just kind of just has these brutal moments because you know he saves some kids from being run over by you know a runaway truck you know the dad's like oh you know thank you you know it's a christmas miracle you know or, you know the you know the christmas spirit and this and that and you know tornadoes like you know i you know i know i i have never felt this christmas spirit that you are speaking of and one of the kids just flat out tells him oh that's because you're just a robot <laughs> And I was like, "Oh, poor dude! Yeah, and stupid kid. should just let him get run over."
0: Yeah, and and I liked and Batman in this episode. Even though the brave and the bold Batman, he's more he's like sort of an amalgamation of the Adam West Batman and every other Batman. Mm-hmm. But in this one, he's particularly Batman. He's like he's Scrooge. He's you know, bah, humbug. You know, Christmas is just the time that bad things happen.
1: Yeah. Crime never takes a holiday. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, that's an
1: exact line from the show. I saw it the other night. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, and I really well, like that. Yeah,
1: he's particularly yeah. harsh in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he even says, you know, you know, the, the one thing you can, al- the one thing you always want is sometimes the one thing you can never have, or something along those lines. It's like, good lord, man. Yeah, I, I just, wa- I just wait. I was just waiting for him to say, "My parents are dead." Yeah,
0: and and just. To exp- just to if you want more Red Tornado, some more delicious Red Tornado, I recommend the series Young Justice because in that one he is pretty much m- the Mister Belvedere of the Young Justice crew.
1: Nice, and
0: he's pretty much their caretaker.
1: Just, just say it; he's the babysitter. Yeah, he's the
0: babysitter. He's he's the he, babys- he's
1: to make sure the kids don't burn the house down.
0: Yeah, and and he. And they give a lot of retrospective as to him. They go in deeper into his origins and, you know, not just him being built by Mr. T.R. Morrow, but also his extended family comes back and like he has to deal with them. And they're like super freaky powerful. He's Mm. got like two brothers and a sister and they are just freaky deaky, you know, because as bad as he is, they're like even bigger and badder.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he was the original. They're the, you know, the version two and the version three. They're, they're the upgrades.
0: Well, no, they they came first. He was the latest one.
1: huh. so okay, I, yeah, I kind of want to see this now. Yeah, I, I, I like. Yeah, the, I I definitely recommend that that I series, like the, I like the character the as well.
0: Um, and let's talk about another one, the Batman eighty nine. Let's dive let's dive into that one a bit.
1: Well, you know, let, let's be honest. I mean, in terms of the public consciousness, it's pretty much responsible for giving us the modern Batman. Yeah. You know, where it, it kind of, I mean, I feel a little bad saying it this way. It kind of, you know, just made everybody forget about Adam West. The, um, Batman, Batman was no longer camp. You know, it was no longer kitschy. You know, it, it went from, you know, pow, Batman and sock to, you know, him holding the guy over the ledge. i oh, Batman.
0: Yeah. It, it gave us the dark made him serious and the grit. grit.
1: Yeah. It gave us the dark night. Yeah.
0: And, I got to admit, you know, Tim Burton, you know, because at the time I'm pretty sure everybody just knows Tim Burton as just goofy, silly, goth-tard comedies. And this one, it kind of – I got to admit, the Batman movie was probably the only one that aged better than when it was originally received. Hmm. Because people look back at it now as this sort of, you know, quintessential film noir, you know, uh sort of this, you know, this – you get all this ambience and atmosphere and so much was drawn from it. I mean, a lot of the dark gothiness of Batman, the animated series was sort of drawn from that, although they, they went into their own direction.
1: Yeah. They were a little more art deco.
0: Yeah. There was some, versus, uh, yeah, there was some deco art decadence in, you know, the, the, that first Keaton Batman movie. And it was, I mean, looking back at it now, you know, when it first came out, we're like, Oh, it's laughing. It's silly. Keaton's not a real actor. You know, it's just a bunch of comedians playing soup in plain dress up. And you look back at it now and it's like, yeah, this is a really good movie. It's, it's sort of aged better. And looking back hmm. at it now, people are like, you know, this is a better movie than I remember it.
1: Yeah. I mean, for my money, you know, Keaton, in terms of live action, Keaton, I think is still the best Batman to me. You know, he, I think he maintains kind of that balance of, you know, being funny and, and being serious, you know, you know, being Bruce Wayne, who's, you know, millionaire playboy. Uh, there's a wonderful moment when the, uh, reporter guy, uh, Knox and, uh, Vicky Vale are kind of, you know, they're kind of just literally just wandering about his, uh, mansion. You know, they're in this, uh, I guess museum, you want, I, I guess you could call it, you know, and they're making, you know, they're kind of poking jokes at, you know, all the knickknacks and oddball things he's got. And he, and Knox says, you know, gee, I wonder where this thing came from. He's like, Oh, it came from Tibet. Well, how do you know? Well, that's where I bought it. <laughs> You know, just little moments like that to show that you know that that he can, you know, he he can be Bruce Wayne, you know, funny millionaire guy and Batman. You know, I'm gonna drop you off this damn ledge if you don't talk. You know, mm-hmm. guy. To to me, he he pulls it out, and also, you know, I, I know that a Batman Begins was was on your list. Yeah, but I just can't stand Christian Bale's Batman voice.
0: Yeah, i I kind of I kind of have a problem with that as well.
1: You know, that's, that's my one big knock on those movies, just his, yeah. just, just his, uh, I, I just don't like yeah.
0: it. My favorite part,
1: and I'll be honest,
0: there's very little Batman in that movie. When he's doing like most of the Batman stuff, it's usually, you know, badass action scenes. There's only like maybe, like maybe one or two really big action scenes in that movie. But a lot of it is just, you know, um, buildup of Bruce Wayne as a character. And that's what I like about it is we get this sort of, you know, this sort of deeper hurt sort of origin story. And we also we get to know um, Ra's al Ghul as a character. Mm. We get to and and he's sort of like a big reveal. Like you learn that, oh, he's the bad guy, you know, but he's not revealed towards like the third act as the main villain. And having the scarecrow as sort of this, you know, the scarecrow is sort of like a second fiddle. But he's still a pretty terrifying presence throughout the film.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and if you're a comics guy and you know you know, you know who he is, that's kind of that's kind of an oh crap form, moment for you, you know. Because I don't I don't think your comp your you know regular average person knows who that even knows who he is. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Because Elgul, he's, he's he's one of the de- heavies. Yeah, he's because he's, de- he's immortal essentially.
0: Yeah, and then. But as far as how they play this one, they play Ra's al Ghul very mysteriously. Because this one, you know, Ra's al Ghul, he's probably just a guy, you know, who who takes on, you know, he takes on like pseudo identities and stuff like this, and and it's sort of like Ra's al Ghul isn't just a man; it's sort of a, a an idea, and it sort of like adds that bit of mystery to it, and I love that because hmm. they okay. don't they don't flat out say, you know, yeah, I keep myself young through the Lazarus Pit. No, it's more like you know. At the time that, that, that Bruce Wayne meets him, you know, you're not going to know, you know, it comes off that he's kind of like, that Razal Ghul is a, sort of this immortal character, but you got to wonder, is this guy maybe the, the, the first Razal Ghul or is he the fifth
1: Razal Ghul?
2: Hmm. Interesting.
0: And it's a kind of an interesting take on that, but yeah. Are, are we kind of ready to close the door on the Bat Cave?
1: Well, let me just mention uh, Under the Red Hood. Yeah. Um,
0: let's explore that one.
1: Now, what I liked about it is that you kind of see Batman, you know, ever so slightly deal with failure, you know, you know, because, you know, throughout most of the thing, for all he knows, you know, Robin's dead. You know, okay. he buried him.
0: Yeah. And this one is sort of a setup of the Jason Todd Robin, right?
1: I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, you know, this, you know, awful thing happened, you know, the, he got killed and. You know, you kind of see it, you know, kind of rattle him just a little bit. Also, it has one of my, one of my, probably, probably for the longest time, my favorite fight scene, uh, in the DC animated movies. There's a, it was Batman and the Red Hood in the alley versus, I think there was like three or four assassins that were hired to take out, you know, the Red Hood. And they had all these like, you know, techno gadgets and whatever, whatever. And, uh, you know, just, just, just big insane fight just happens in that alley and. You know, it's, you know, bat it's essentially Batman and Robin, if Robin had guns, you know, yeah. fighting against these guys. And uh, like I said, for the longest time, I forget what, Earth surfed it, maybe uh, Superman versus Dark Side in-, in one of the later ones. But for the longest time, that was my favorite fight, <laughs> you know, in the DC animated universe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, the Red Hood as a character was sort of an interesting thing. Cause that's like Ra's al Ghul, That's a deep thing, and they're sort of digging that out and bringing that back. Because apparently, in the I think it was the um, the Killing Joke, the Red Hood was sort of this this moniker that they would use to uh, train supervillains on. That every single supervillain at one point was the Red Hood, mm. and uh, and I think that that was sort of part of the Joker's origin. When he got dumped into the vat of Ace Chemical or whatever the hell chemical vat that they'd like to call it, that he was masquerading as the Red Hood, and they've they've brought it back, you know, every now and then, and now they've sort of you know done a regular thing where they're bringing back Jason Todd, and Jason Todd is the Red Hood, and I kind of like what I kind of like that. That's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Okay. I I think we can move on to Superman now. All right,
0: Superman. One of my one of my faves. Okay, my top three are. Of course, number one, All Star Superman. Number two, The Death and Life of Superman, the novelization—yeah, an actual book
1: <laughs> with words.
0: I know, and, and for me, that's a shocker because I'm not a reader guy; I don't read books. And then my my number three is the Superman seventy eight with Christopher Reeve.
1: Okay, and that's also my uh, that's also my number three, uh, Superman seventy eight. Uh, my number two is an episode of the Superman animated series called The Late Mister Kent then my number 1 and it would be uh the animated uh Superman versus the Elite which is uh, which is a, a, a adaptation of what is so funny about Truth Justice in the American way and uh, honorable mention for me was the uh, super, Superman animated series and I'm not sure how to say this completely correctly is uh Mixies Pixelated, which was the episode where they introduced Mr. Mix Mr. Mix Yespit lick to the um to the Superman Superman cartoon with Gilbert Gottfried as you know the guy yeah I, and, how, and how can you not go wrong with Mr. Gilbert Gottfried as Mr. Mixi S. Fitlick
0: yeah that was that was a great episode because what I like about super well, I mean Superman he's very he's a very difficult character to write for and most of these a lot of our picks let's be honest they take Superman and they challenge him and they sort of you know it's not and it's not the kind of challenge where he can solve where he can solve it by punching the bad guy into the sun.
1: Right. It's not doomsday. Yeah. It's not doomsday. Or Brainiac or what have you. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a problem, or it's you know magic in the case of you know Mister Mixia Spitlick. Um.
0: Or it's like a situation like in um uh, Superman seventy eight.
1: Yeah. Or even um you know in uh in All Star. Oh, especially All Star. You know, Lex Luthor finally gets him. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Let's let's focus on. Superman 78. Let's take that one under the microscope.
1: Well, to me, it kind of works in the same way as, you know, Batman would later in that it brought the character to life. Exactly. You know, there'd been all this media, you know, with Superman over the years, you had the Fleischer cartoons, you had the the George Reeves TV show, you know, you had some filmation cartoons in the 70s and so on and so forth. But this was like the big one. Yeah.
0: This is where like Richard Donner took Superman seriously. And I remember seeing some of the production documentaries and it's like he, you know, this wasn't going to be funny or goofy because at the time superheroes were box office poison and it was sort of a huge risk that they were taking.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, there weren't really very many superhero movies, you know, up to that time. Yeah. And it just maybe maybe some terrible Marvel stuff like the wasn't there like a Captain America or a Spider-Man. Yeah, there was everything
0: was straight to TV. It was like made for TV movies, and a theatrical release was sort of like, you know you just don't do that because you know superheroes that's not that's not serious business either it's yeah, kid it, stuff. You do a drama or you do an action movie,
1: exactly. Now, don't get me wrong, they did have their moments in the media, like you had the Incredible Hulk television show, you know, which lasted for a pretty good Yeah, while. that was
0: a very good, highly rated show,
1: you know so but, there, it,
0: but it was hard to go from the television to the big screen,
1: yeah, exactly exactly
0: and sort of superman that that richard donner he like took it and he gave it a huge budget and he took it seriously and even despite you know marlon brando being in it (laughs) it was it was you know one of my favorite superman tellings of even though it's the same story rehashed over and over again to me this is sort of the best iteration of it because it takes superman it puts him in his element it puts him in modern times everything that 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 is you know a quintessential token superman is in this where he's changing he doesn't change in a phone booth but they sort of allude to that that they have the modern day phone booth and it's, mm. and it's sort of an inside joke and what i liked about it as well is it sort of you know it presented superman ch- with challenges now they didn't have many super villain challenges because i'm pretty sure all the special effects went into making you know Christopher Reeves able to fly and stuff like that, but the challenges were situational. Um, like when he was a young man, uh, Jonathan Kent dying of a heart attack and there was nothing he could do about it. You know, he has all, he said to, to his mother at the funeral, you know, I have all these superpowers. I have all these gifts, but I couldn't save him. And then he goes to the big city and he has to go up against, um, you know, Lex Luthor who in this one, you know, is sort of, you know, he's doing a, a big old land grab and he's going to shoot nuclear missiles into the uh, plates to sink California into the sea. And Superman has to choose, you know, do I go? He's shooting missiles in two different directions on two different fronts. And it's like, do I go this way or do I go this way? You know, do I save Lois Lane or do I save the world? And it puts him in that sort of mix. And, and it is so good.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just can't be in two places at once. Yeah. You know, he, yeah, he has to choose... Which, you know, let's be honest, if you were a superhero at some point, you know, you have to decide, you know, do I save person A? Do I save person B?
0: Yeah. The diabolical you know? choice.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: And, and Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, he did a great job. Cause this is how I like to see Lex Luthor as a, as a thank man's villain. And in All Star Superman, he sort of did that too, but we'll get to that later. But as far as, you know, and I got him in. Mean, I even loved the beginning of, um, of the Superman story where it did the drama of, of Jor-El and even played by Marlon Brando, the Krypton, did he <laughs> pronounce it? Uh, where he's, you know, judging the, the, um,
1: the, Oh, General Zod. General and, Zod and, his and sending
0: him into the Phantom Zone. It just, it touched on all that, all that mythos. And I got to admit, even one of my guilty pleasures is I even enjoyed the, the introductory of Man of Steel. Where it had that Jor El and that backstory, I loved that scene. Hmm. I I could just watch that and then turn off the rest of the movie and be completely satisfied. (laughs) But this one, it was sort of, yeah, it was a it was a good movie, and it gave us sort of the the classic. What I like to think of as the Silver Age Superman, the best of the Silver Age, all rolled up into one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, just you know, brought it to life. Yeah,
0: and let's let's go into the late Mister Kent.
1: Yeah, it's a good episode because once again, this, this is a, a problem that Superman cannot fix, you know, with any of his powers. Yeah, he
0: cannot punch this into the sun.
1: Yeah, cause what happens is, you know, he, he gets sent, he gets sent to interview a, and this, once again, this is pretty dark for being Saturday morning TV. You know, a, a guy that's convicted, has been convicted of murder is about to be executed. So, you know, as Clark Kent, you know, he's, his assignment is to interview the guy before, you know, they, Take him out. Yeah,
0: get his final statement.
1: Yeah, and so he goes to talk to the guy. And, you know, of course, the guy maintains that, you know, hey, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And so, you know, because he's Superman, you know, he could see his heart and say, well, you know, his he's not. I don't think he's lying because his heart rate is steady. You know, maybe he's on to something. So, you know, he kind of goes into reporter mode and starts investigating.
0: Yeah. Clark Kent starts checking out the story.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, he spends a lot of the time, you know, as Clark Kent. So, you know, so he starts doing reporter stuff and and figures out that, wait a minute, he didn't do it. He found the alibi. You know, he had ordered pizza that night and he was able to go to the pizza joint, you know, go through all the computer files and find, you know, that this guy ordered pizza the night of the murder.
0: Yeah. And and why wasn't this brought up? And then he finds out later on when his car careens off the side of a cliff.
1: Exactly. And he even says it. he says, you know, I could have flown as Superman you know, and gave the evidence to the governor to exonerate this guy. But I didn't want to. I wanted this to be Clark's victory. So instead of flying to the capital, you know, of whatever unknown state metropolis is in, which I think is kind of funny, the, um, you know, he, yeah, he just hops in his car and, and drives away, not knowing that the, the real murder planted a bomb in his car, which goes off and blows the car into the ocean. You know, if he wasn't Superman, he would be dead. And somebody, a witness, saw the car fall into the ocean. So if he just pops out, you know, his secrets out. Yeah. And, and so at this point, you know, he has two problems.
0: He's got to maintain cover.
1: Well, he's got to, yeah, he's got to maintain his secret identity and he also has to figure out some way to exonerate the guy that the, the guy in prison that he knows now is innocent, even though the evidence was destroyed when the car got blown up, you know, with some help from Lois, he kind of does some more reporting reporter stuff. Well, and also you get to see kind of Lois's reaction, To And you see her kind of reveal her feelings towards Clark because there's a scene, you know, after the car blows up where Lois and Superman are in Clark's old apartment. Clark is going to go. His intention was to, you know, change into street clothes, you know, go to the governor. If they if they if they questioned, you know, well, how do you know this? He was prepared to basically give up his secret identity. You know, he was prepared to say, you know, I, yes, I'm Superman, who's also Clark Kent. You know, he's willing to sacrifice that to save this innocent man's life. But in that moment, you see, you know, they're kind of looking for evidence. And, um, you know, Lois picks up a pic. There's a picture of Lois and Clark, you know, at work in his in, in uh Clark Kent's house. And she kind of picks it up. And, you know, she just to- she just starts crying, says, you know, you know, I really liked him. You know, I never got the chance to tell him. I don't know. To me, it's just a, it's just kind of a moment, you know, where you see that despite all the, you know, because yeah, she's kind of a jerk to Clark Kent throughout most of the series. Yeah,
0: it, it, she's, she's sort of the heel.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and you
0: get to see her be human for, for one.
1: Yeah, yeah, and emote and say, you know, what, you know, kind of, you know, what she's been trying to say. And, and the great part is, you know, when all is said and done at the end, you know, and Clark is able to come back to life, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, she goes back in the heel mode, you know, (laughs) and, and, you know, gets mad at him. It's like, she says, um, Oh, uh, so, you know, Clark's cover was that, you know, he swam to shore and called Lana Lang who in this, who in this uh, context is like a, she's a, uh, like super rich fashion designer. And so, you know, when Lois, you know, Lois finds it sounds, it's like, you know, I've been here busting my butt trying to, you know, do this and that and you know, almost getting killed and you've been sitting here in the lap of luxury for a whole week. <laughs> you know, and, and Lana asks her, you know, says, Oh well, are you jealous? Like, yeah, I'm just jealous of his stupid luck.
0: <laughs> yeah. That that was a really well written show. I got him admit, I like the animated series.
1: But once again, I mean, yeah, like you said, you know, it's a it was a problem that he had to think his way through You know, and use his reporter skills and yada yada. And you know, he, he he couldn't just punch his way out of it.
0: And you got to see the, the real effect that Clark Kent has on the world. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of cool, you know, cause in, um, and, and cause even in the, uh, what is it? The man of steel or no, Batman v Superman, the extended cut, you get to see Clark Kent do stuff. Isn't, you know, he, he's, he's doing detective work. He's, he's digging. He's finding out stuff. You know, you see him make a case. For how dangerous the Batman is and why he kind of has to, you know, ask him to put it up. And I like it when they do that. I like it when I like seeing Clark Kent as much as I like seeing Superman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, I have also read uh The Death and Life of Superman. Um I don't have my copy anymore. I lent it to a friend probably 20 years ago. Same here. And I never got it back.
0: I I need to dig up and find a hard Because the hard copy I got was a huge... The huge chunk, hmm. the gigantic one.
1: I wonder if it's the same one I have. I know it was a hardback.
0: Yeah, it was. It was gigantic, and I loved that one because it gave you. It wasn't just the initial story of Batman versus Doomsday. It was the initial story of Batman. Superman, not, I mean, Superman versus Doomsday. Say. Superman versus Doomsday. It was the initial story of. Superman as a whole dug into his backstory and also dug into the uh, backstories of other characters. You got to learn about the universe. You got to learn about all these characters. And I love that so much. I loved all the detail. And there was so much exposition, you know, during the fight that you know, that you just can't translate into the panels. And I just loved all that juicy detail, all that juicy, you know, tidbits and stuff. You get to learn Mm -hmm. about the Guardians. You get to learn about the the Clone Boys. You get to learn about Cadmus and, you know, the Cadmus facility. And that's like one of my favorite, you know, next to Hydra, one of my favorite fictional organizations is Cadmus. Whenever I hear Cadmus dropped in anything, I'm like, ah, Cadmus. (laughs) And that's sort of, you know, I'm just, whenever I watch these new movies, I keep listening, I keep listening. Am I going to hear Cadmus? Someone's going to say Cadmus. You know,
1: that's what I'm listening for. Have you seen Supergirl, the new TV show?
0: No, I haven't. I I'm like maybe you should. I'm waiting to binge it. Oh, okay. But it's like several seasons in, and I'm like, it's one of those things where I put it on the shelf, and as I put it on the shelf, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: Well, I bring it up because I think Cadmus is involved in that one. Yeah, I I so, definitely
0: I definitely want to check that one. And out I know
1: you're course. a fan of Supergirl, so
0: yeah, yeah, somewhat. I'm, I'm more of a fan. I just straight up i'm more of a power girl fan
1: but Uh, potato potato you know but (laughs) yeah
0: uh let's let's let's
1: get into superman versus the elite yes because this the the, the original story was written as kind of a i don't want to say backlash but as an answer to the you know to the rise of image comics and 90s comics and you know, gritty anti-heroes and Spawn yeah. and Grifter and, you know, all these.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of, you know, uh, of uh, there was this graphic novel, Kingdom Come, and it was sort of like, you know, another attempt to look at the uh, the rise of the new 90s hero. And one of the observations was, you know, you can't tell the good guys from the bad guys. Hmm. And that's sort of what I kind of felt here, was these guys were supposed to be the elites, they were supposed to be the heroes, but they're just as bad, if not worse than the bad guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, they start out as the heroes. It's funny because, um, you know, you, you see how easily things could have gotten bad a lot earlier. If Superman hadn't been there to intervene, you know, they, you know, the the, um, the terrorists, you know, bomb the tunnel, and, you know, they, they manage to, you know, save the people that are trapped inside. And when they find, you know, the terrorists, Manchester Black is, get, you know, about ready to brain fry one of them, you know, and Superman's like, hey, you know, you know, dial it back, guy. Now, unfortunately, they do get some of the other uh, terrorists and, you know, do bad things to them later on, you know, which kind of shows that, you know, things would have turned bad a lot earlier if Superman hadn't gotten involved. But of course, you know, inevitably things do get bad, you know, but yeah, I mean, to me, it's just a great, a great story.
0: Yeah, And it shows the different style in the whole of what was then the modern take of the hero versus the Superman. He's basically, he's the old man. He's the old style. He's the you know this the old ways don't work. You know type of thing. That's kind of the argument that the new heroes were making,
1: right? And and I love I love that they open the thing, the whole thing with um you know kind of this cheesy you know nineteen seventies nineteen eighties ish Hanna Barbera you know Superman you know cartoon you know which is just cheesy as all heck. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Lois says at one point you know playing the heel if you will. You know, so I was like, wow, I didn't know the S stood for silly <laughs> or something along those lines. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was kind of the idea that kind of, that's kind of the setup. You know, it's like, this is, you know, how people see you today. Yeah. And you're not relevant anymore. You're not important. You know, your, your ways don't work. And honestly, you know, the, the atomic skull was, you know, kind of a scary villain. I mean, he kills a lot of people in this one, you know, especially the, uh, the one, uh, main character, the, the UN guy that, you know, gets killed and, and, you know, Manchester Black, you know, asks, you know, the guy's son, you know, just say the word and I'll, you know, I'll put this guy away and he'll never hurt anybody ever again. And, you know, he says do it and blows his head off and, you know, and things get bad. So yeah, that,
0: that. It's sort of like it takes this sort of grim thing that, you know, like the, the approach, the, the absolute grim, dark approach of, of, you know, the difference between, you know, trying to do everything the right way and trying to keep your hands clean and getting your hands dirty and, you know, getting immediate vengeance mm-hmm. versus, you know, taking the hard road and going for justice. Right. And that that was sort of you know, and I liked that, I like that juxtaposition, and I also liked it when the part where Superman goes dark towards yeah. the end he he goes you know it's like he reaches a point in the story if you're gonna if you haven't seen it you know what i'm talking if you've seen it, you know what i'm talking about if you haven't seen it, i'm not gonna spoil it for you, but he
1: goes dark, he basically he goes where he's not supposed to go. Yeah, he gives in to them. He gives
0: in to their style. He does things their way for once and they become terrified of him because you know, th- you know, this is why you don't want Superman to to take up their their methods because he would be far more terrifying a menace than they ever could be.
1: Yeah, we, we, wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be a hero. You yeah, know, he wouldn't or be he, a hero anymore. You know, though. or at least he wouldn't be recognized as one by the populace. We, you know, people would be scared shitless of him. Oh, uh, Superman Doomsday. When they had like the fake Superman, you know, running around and then he kind of flips out of it. There was a bit of that as well. Yeah, the, uh,
0: the Eradicator.
1: Well, no, in the, in the animation. Not the, uh.
0: Oh, oh, not the novels. The, the, yeah.
1: Yeah, in the animation, you know, Lex Luthor basically clones Superman. And and so there's like a fake Superman running around you know, there's a Superman running around doing heroic things.
0: But he doesn't quite get it.
1: Well, yeah, and then he figured you know, and, you know, the fake Superman kinda figures out that, you know, Lex, you know, is, you know, an evil guy and he manages to, you know, get outside of Lex's influence to where Lex can't you know, basically Lex has a you know a bomb in his head you know, that will go off if he, you know, decides to misbehave and in a pretty kind of, they don't show anything, but it, it, the implication is really gross. He basically drills a hole into his old head and takes the bomb out mm. with his heat vision. They don't show anything, but yeah, just the implication is just, yeah, grody. Because mm. he does it in a beauty salon sitting in front of a mirror and yeah, just gross.
0: Yeah, I think with uh, with the animated adaption of the Doomsday story, they they kind of went,
1: but at that point, he yeah, kind of, yeah. at that point, he kind of like, yeah, he goes dark. He says, you know, he starts getting mad at people for, you know, he resc- he gets a cat out of a tree, you know, and he's like, you know, it's like, well, ma'am, you know, you know, I-, I could be doing like, you know, real hero stuff instead of, you know, if I didn't have to save your cat out of this tree, <laughs> you know, and the lady's like, okay, and, you know, just scares the crap out of her.
0: <laughs> yeah. He, he basically goes George Kylan on her ass. Pretty
1: much. Yeah. And, and, you know. But, but that's the kind of, that's that's the, that's kind of where it leads up to, you know, is that, is that once again, he goes where he, you know, he shouldn't go, where he's not supposed to go because he's Superman.
0: Yeah. It's sort of like, um, one of the things I'm going to probably dip into All-Star for about a, one of the observations about All-Star Superman was, you know, he's a character with absolute power, but he's not corrupted by it. And I think that's the best description I've heard for, for the Superman mythos is that, you know, he, he, He's incorruptible in a sort of a way. And when you see him kind of get, you know, corrupted in a way, you know, that that there's this reason we want him to be this, you know, shining example.
1: Yeah, because the alternative is, you know, pretty damn scary. Yeah,
0: is that he would probably be worse than than the deadly supervillain that even he's had to go up against. Yeah,
1: yeah so All-Star, yeah, it's definitely a good, definitely a good, um, uh, good story. You no, know, I I've not read the graphic novel. I've only seen the uh, the animation.
0: Yeah, I I read the graphic novel and the animation and I loved both of them. I really love the animation in particular. If you want to dig more into it then yeah, definitely pick up the graphic novel. But it takes sort of Superman in a place where it we've always seen Superman as this sort of invincible god, this invincible god-like incorruptible character. And in this one, it takes the invincible away. It puts him in a in a it, his enemy is pretty much time and mortality, you know, Lex Luthor pretty much, he finally wins, you know, using, uh, Dr. Quintum. And I, I, admit, I don't know a lot about Dr. Quintum. Nor right. I. He's sort of like a, he's new to me, you know, but I do like Dr., he's sort of like Lex Luthor without the crazy. <laughs> But in this one, this is my
1: this I, is I wanna say he's Elon Musk, but I, I honestly believe Elon Musk is one super weapon away from being a supervillain, so that's not a good analogy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Doctor Dr. Quintum is he's pretty cool
1: and But he gets suckered into Yeah, he
0: gets suckered. And in this one, this is the my favorite interpretation of Lex Luthor. This is like you know, if you want a definitive Lex Luthor for me, all stars from this is the definitive Lex Luthor because you got to admit, sometimes Lex Luthor gets like the Joker, where you know he's such a good pairing against the, against his adversary. But after a while, he, it starts to get old and boring, you know. And this one, it kind of refreshes it, you know, and it shows you know why Lex Luthor is the top villain because he's this. It shows him as a genius, not just as a guy with money and super weapons, but it shows him as a diabolical genius. It which is how, it, yeah,
1: which is interesting because that's kind of how he the character started off. Yeah, he, you know the mad scientist, yeah, if you will,
0: because he's like, because basically he sort of evolved into this you know philanthropist millionaire, you know, or b- billionaire by today's standards, you know, guy who just he ba- he basically he's Bruce Wayne, but know, evil, a bad Bruce Wayne. There you go. And in this one, you know, you get to see he has to use his smarts to pretty much give Superman a run for his money. And he actually wins. And towards the end, there's actually a level of, you know, something that you'll never see with with Lex Luthor is there's a sort of a, a regret and redemption where he, he sort of gets this, um, his arc is where he wins and he sees that he's done a truly horrible thing by, you know, by actually beating Superman by taking superman away from the world and he's, you know, you kind of get why the world needs superman and this one and, and this one Well and, you know,
1: and he tries to redeem himself.
0: Yeah, he does try to redeem himself. And in the um uh, in the overall arc is pretty much superman he's on a timetable. He gets poisoned and he's slowly dying and he has to sort of wrap up loose ends. And in doing so he ends up going on the greatest adventures ever of his career, you know, so to speak. And he basically puts the final, you know, he puts the final footnote in, in pretty much everything. And um, I think is also, you know, he reveals his identity to Lois, and they even go back and forth. You know, it's like, well, what about that time that you were testifying? It's like, no, nah, Batman stood in for me, or or that was a robot, or it was a Dupli robot, cast. or yeah, yeah, and it, and it it doesn't. What I like about this one, it doesn't ignore the past mythos. It doesn't ignore the silly silver age type of stuff. It works it in and it makes it work. It makes it believable. Hmm. And in this one, I like, I like this Superman, you know, because he's, you know, because he knows he's dying and he's not telling anybody, but he's trying to live his life the best that he could. And it's sort of like,
1: it, it's like a,
0: a really good swan song for the character. And, and I really, really dug it.
1: No, I, I agree. It was definitely, definitely a good show.
0: Yeah, it was very
1: sombering. What am yeah. I? On? And, it, and it ends on just a light, just you know, and it ends on a you know, just very slightly optimistic note. Yeah, you know, at, well, at the end.
0: One of my favorite parts was the Lex Luthor Clark Kent interview.
1: Yes, because we actually get kind of a taste of the uh, of the stumbling, bumbling Clark Kent, you know, from the from the the first Superman movie, even.
0: Yeah, we we get to see Clark as a as a as a klutz, but we also get to see his character juxtapositioned. Against Superman through Lex Luthor's eyes and, you know, and Lex Luthor, you know, he's interviewing, he's being interviewed and he's like, yeah, I always loved you. I always liked your work, you know, Clark Kent, you know, and he, there's this one point where he says to Clark Kent, you know, you're, you're bumbling. You're this bumbling farm boy with no discernible style of his own. You know, you're everything Superman isn't Mm -hmm. and pretty much, you know, that's like the whole point to the Clark Kent persona is that he's supposed to, you know, he, uh, he is Superman, but he's basically everything Superman can't be.
1: He's the polar opposite. Yeah, He's the polar
0: opposite, you know, not just to avoid suspicion, but you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it, to protect the identity, but also, you know, Superman, uh, well, Clark Kent, he's a character all his own in this sort of context. and. And I really like the interview because we get a sort of deeper, we get to dig deeper into Lex Luthor's psychology as to why he hates Superman so much. And it's not just, you know, I hate him because he's an alien, like in the Batman v. Superman. It's more like I hate him because of what he represents. At the core, you know, Lex Luthor, he's kind of jealous of all his power and stuff like that. But the thing is, you know, if Lex Luthor wasn't so blinded by his jealousy, he could have achieved kind of uh, power influence or even more, you know, if he had just instead of acting against, you know, trying to destroy Superman, instead trying to better the world. And that shows that with that bit of a wasted potential on Lex Luthor's part. And at the end, you know, Superman makes him realize that and it almost it crushes Lex Luthor.
1: Yeah, it was definitely uh definitely a, a kind of a head turner on that one. You know, to to see him actually realize that, you know, oh my, you know, oh my goodness, you know, I, I could have been doing, you know, good things instead of, you know, bad things or whatever, whatever. And, and yeah, once again, you know, Lex tries to redeem himself. You know, whether he does or not, you know, that's open to interpretation, if you will.
0: Yeah, he kind uh, of he kind of does that at the, at the end through Doctor Quintham. Yeah, we kind of get a peek at that, but it's it's one of those where you know they they just leave it there. And they just let you, you know, make up your mind on whether or not it, it happens or not. But yeah, and, and I definitely like, you know, one of the fun parts was with Lois Lane, where she gets, uh, I don't want to call it, was it kryptonite? She gets poisoned and, and she's like, she, she takes this, she, she gets, okay, in one of the stories, she, Superman invites her to his fortress of solitude and they kind of go on a date, you know, a real date. Lois kind of gets a, a peek at, in one of the, one of his rooms and she becomes increasingly super paranoid and she looks at their relationship and she kind of goes off the rails and she's like, she's going like. You oh, know. and she
1: finds a kryptonite gun. Yeah, she finds a <laughs> kryptonite
0: gun and she's like, you know, you know, Superman, you know, and, and she sort of takes it.
1: Well, well, let's be honest. He thinks he's going to go Weinstein on her. Yeah, and, and, you know, he, he did, he did not have the best of intentions bringing me here to his super fortress. Yeah. You know, she, oh my God, what is he going to do? Yeah.
0: And, and she gets super paranoid. She's like, you know, she's like, finally I'm, I'm looking at our relationship in black and white. And then the next line is, I need a gun. I need a weapon. <laughs> And she goes on a quest to pretty much to kill Superman, but it, and as later it finds out she was poisoned by some hallucinogen, you know, because she poked her nose where it didn't belong, which is typical Lois.
1: Darn pesky reporters. Yeah.
0: And then the rest of the, the story, you know, she's pretty much, she gets a taste of Superman's power, you know, uh, his, his abilities and stuff. And, and it's, you know, they go on adventures and stuff like that. And the adventures are fun. And overall, it's, it's a really good story. You know, there's some parts where I got choked up and nearly teared up, but it, it's, it's, it's
1: very sombering.
0: It's very, it's like, this is like top, for me, it's top shelf Superman stuff.
1: Yeah, I agree. Very good story. You know, in both formats, in comic mm-hmm. and, yeah, because now, now that I remember, you, you lent me the graphic novel a while back, so I have read it. No, I, I agree. It's a very good one. And I guess
0: that sort of wraps it up for now. Anything else you got on the table, Ed?
1: No, not really. Just, you know, you need to go see, uh need to catch Justice League again while still in the theaters.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna definitely go ahead and see it again a couple times. One of the, one of my favorite parts was the uh the end where where Superman and the Flash got together, and they were gonna race hmm. because that's one of the one of the tropes from the from the comic books is you know which one's faster, Superman or the Flash. And at this one, they kind of poke fun at that and they they decided to go on a race. Hmm. And I like you know just getting back to Justice League. I like the interpretation of Superman in that one. Because it took him, and it took him, and it, and it gave us this bright, optimistic character, which I liked. I love that so much. And that's probably one of the reasons that I love the movie so much, because we finally got Her- Henry Carval, whatever the hell his real name is, he got to play a good, solid, positive Superman. You know, just seeing the movie for that alone does it for me.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember, because the uh, the Aqu- Aquaman in Justice League, to me, struck a lot of notes that were similar to his portrayal in The Brave and the Bold. I'm not, I, I'm, I'll, I'm trying to remember if he actually says outrageous at one point. I'm going to say no off the top of my head, but you know, that'll be another reason to go see it again.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. The Aquaman and the Brave of the Bold.
1: Yeah. He was the best.
0: And <laughs> yeah, that's a good series. So I got to watch more Brave of the Bold and you need to watch them young justice.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. I'll, I'll go with
0: that. <laughs> All right. So any final words?
1: No, that I think that'll do it. I mean, once again, you know, these aren't supposed to be, you know, the best whatever ever. These are you know, our favorites, you know, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and
0: if you got your own favorites and you want to talk comics and stuff, go ahead and hit us up and we'll see you around. Okay. Bye. If you want to find me around the internet and maybe commission me for some artwork, a few good places to find me would be at DeviantArt. You could find me there at chrisholm.deviantart.com. That's Chris, C-H-R-I-S-H-O-L-M. DeviantArt.com. I can also be found on Tumblr at cychris.tumblr.com That's P-S-Y dash C-H-R-I-S dot Tumblr T-U-M-B-L-R dot com. I can also be found on Fur Affinity. You can find me on furaffinity.net slash user slash P-S-Y-C-H-R-I-S backslash If you'd like to connect with me on Facebook, I'm available at Facebook backslash Chris Home Comics. You can also find me on Twitter at Psycho Chris. Be sure to find me, check out some of my art, and if you'd like, tell me some of your stories.